there's no real light at the end of the tunnel here. And, you know, there's a couple of uh, guys out there that talk about flip your way to freedom. And I, I just don't believe you'll flip your way to freedom. Um, not the freedom that I wanted anyway. Maybe some people look at freedom differently, but how we define it is when I wake up in the morning, passively, my bills are all met without me having to go out and do a deal. That to me is financial freedom. And whether that's a $5,000 a month, $7,000 a month, $10,000 a month, whatever your, your bills are for that month, um, that passive income creates that financial freedom. Hello and welcome to Pillars of Wealth Creation, where we talk about creating financial success with a special focus on business and real estate. I'm your host, Todd Dexheimer. Now, let's get to it. Hey, our sponsor for the show today is Pine Financial Group, the leader in hard money lending in Colorado and Minnesota. And they were recently approved to offer their investment publicly. This investment offer is only for investors in Colorado and Minnesota and is only made through their investment prospectus. Get your copy today. Simply visit www.pineinvestments.com and click to get started. Look, there's a reason why some of the wealthiest people in history invest in loans backed by real estate. Learn more about the risks and returns at www.pineinvestments.com. Hey, welcome back to Pillars of Wealth Creation. I'm your host, Todd Dexheimer. With me today, I have Steve Libman. Steve, how are you doing today? I'm doing well, man. Thanks for having me. I appreciate you joining us on the show. And Steve, why don't you give our listeners a little bit about your background, your company, and what you guys are focused on today. Sure. So we've uh, been in business for about 10 years now, Integrity Holdings Group out of New Jersey. We started as a wholesale fix and flip firm in the residential space. 10 years ago, we flipped probably 1,000 houses at this point. And uh, over the last 12 to 18 months, we've focused specifically on growing the commercial real estate asset business. We always wanted to create financial freedom through real estate. And I think what we did in the residential space was build a very good, active, full-time, highly taxed job, which um, it was a blessing in and of itself. We learned a ton and we, we got a lot of credibility in the market, but it was always a stepping stone for us to create that passive generational wealth building uh, concept through commercial real estate. So now we buy apartment complexes, student housing complexes, and self-storage facilities in the Midwest and Southeast. To date this year, we've closed on about $70 million worth of uh, commercial real estate assets, have about another $22 million under contract, hopefully closing by, I don't know, it'll be December, January, probably the other one will push into, but um, that's really been our focus. Our focus has been to teach people how they can create tax-free generational wealth by passively investing into these Wall Street grade assets without actually having to do all the work. So Steve, you're, you said you're doing multifamily, you're doing self-storage and you're doing, what else was it? Student housing. Student housing. Okay. Um, and when you're, you've got kind of three, I mean, student housing and multifamily, pretty similar, but they also are a lot different too, in, in ways. And then obviously uh, self-storage is kind of a, a totally different deal. How are you managing the, the differences, the nuances between those um, to be able to be successful in them and to so be part, buying in different areas of the country too. Yeah. So part of our story was that we were trying to figure out how to buy these assets on our own mm -hmm. and we were running into a pretty big barrier to entry because we didn't have a track record. Um, 
the residential space doesn't really convert to credibility in the commercial space. Right. So I'm not sure you, I think, you know, Corey Peterson, we went out and met with Corey and he was a wholesaler first like us. And then he got into the commercial space and he said, you know, it, I think what you can do to overcome that hurdle is just, you have capital that you've been raising into your residential business. Why don't you bring some of that capital into a commercial deal gain some credibility, build your portfolio that way and kind of cut the line. And this was after at least a year of us trying to find our first commercial asset to purchase on our own. So I only tell that story because what we've done is we've partnered with uh, two other general partners. He's one of them. And we kind of bring the capital. We do the investor management. We help go through due diligence and things like that, but they're finding the deals in their kind of wheelhouse. So when we're partnering with those guys, they're, they're dealing with the managers and the day to day and we're going along for the ride to learn how to manage those managers as well and just get paid to learn. So it might sound like we're scattered and kind of all over the place, but really what we've done is kind of put ourselves in a private equity position where we're partnering with seasoned operators and bringing capital to their deals and learning how to run them from the inside out. Yeah, no good. I, I'm glad you mentioned that. And that's, that's a great way to, be in the industry as well. And, you know, right now, I think we're in a time of our market where um, mistakes are going to be easily pronounced potentially, you know, especially if we do hit some sort of recession coming up, you don't have a, a lot of, a lot of kind of leeway to make mistakes. It's not like 2010 where you could make a hundred mistakes and the market just took care of itself. Right. And, and maybe we are, maybe we can still go you know, from 2019 to 2023 can increase by 10% a year. Um, but eventually here we're going to see either a flattening or, or a decrease. And so I think that's great that you're teaming up with people that are already experts in that area, in their market, in their niche, and you're able to then get into that commercial real estate. Um, I think that's a great strategy. So. What, um, take, take me through that transition then. Um, and what were some key elements to your success or take me through kind of your transition, I guess, of your business and as a whole, even, uh, because doing, you know, a thousand fix and flips or a thousand units of fix and flips. I mean, Holy cow, that's a lot. I thought I did a lot. Uh, you've done way more. So take me through that kind of that growth and, maybe some key elements to your success with it. Yeah. So, you know, we were in business 2011, 2012, Hurricane Sandy came in and hurt the Jersey Shore, which is where we live, shut down the market for a couple months here. And we just had to figure out how to get by and make ends meet. Mm -hmm. um, so we did, it was either that or get back to a job. So we figured it out. Um, and then it actually created some opportunity on the back end of that, you know, houses that needed to get torn down, lots that we were buying, selling off the builders, doing some wholesales that way. 2015, 16, you know, we only did 16, 17 units for about 250 grand. And we were running a Home Depot multiple times a day. And it was just, you, you know, the grind. And uh, we were listening to a podcast of a guy who was running an education company for single family for residential. And these guys were all claiming to do a hundred plus units a year. And we just didn't, we didn't believe them. And we called up sure enough, we got around a couple of those guys and they all were doing hundreds of units a year. 
So we joined that mastermind and the next year we did a million bucks. And the year after that, we doubled again. And it was just explosive growth over those couple of years because we learned what other people were doing. We took the blueprint, we implemented it, we hired, we scaled, we fired, we stubbed our toe a little bit, but we essentially learned how to become business owners rather than the grinding entrepreneur that we set out to be in the first place. And, you know, so, so we started doing that and every quarter we'd go to this mastermind group and we would find people talking about pretty much the same problems, right? We're all running into the same problems with acquisition turnover and cost per contract, cost per lead. And, you know, what it started to occur to us was there's no real light at the end of the tunnel here. And, you know, there's a couple of uh, guys out there that talk about flip your way to freedom. And I, I just don't believe you'll flip your way to freedom. Um, not the freedom that I wanted anyway. Maybe some people look at freedom differently, but how we define it is when I wake up in the morning, passively, my bills are all met without me having to go out and do a deal. That to me is financial freedom. And whether that's a $5,000 a month, $7,000 a month, $10,000 a month, whatever your, your bills are for that month, um, that passive income creates that financial freedom. So we just started to see the writing on the wall that even though these guys were really seasoned doing a lot of deals, they still ran into the same issues that we were running into, which was, oh, I just had to fire my acquisition manager. They weren't getting contracts or, you know, you, you had to continue to solve the same problem over and over again. So we started to look at, okay, let's take the earned income that we're creating here and putting it into something that'll create some passive income, whether that's a single family or a duplex or a quad. And because we're buying things 50 cents in the dollar, it makes sense that we would just buy some single families and rent them out and have a portfolio of 150 of them, and then we could retire. But the more we got around guys that were in the multifamily space, the commercial space, they kept telling us like, Hey, just go big, go, go. Your, the economies of scale will carry you through a bigger deal much easier than it will be trying to find a manager for a, a single family house in, in the Jersey shore. And, you know, we started to really look at the economics of that. Like, was that true? And these guys own thousands of units. So I would, I would think that they know what they're doing at this point and the tax benefits that come along with commercial real estate investing, the cost segregation studies, being able to build tax-free wealth, and then having a hundred doors under management and one person moves out, you have a 99% occupancy rate versus owning a single family house and one person moving out. Now you have a hundred percent vacancy rate. You know, they just started to make a lot of sense. So we started really looking into that. And that's when we started putting LOIs out and really creating our exit strategy for the residential business. And again, it was always about passive income and creating passive income. But once we started getting into the mastermind, running what we consider a successful business in terms of volume, it still didn't have a light at the end of the tunnel. It didn't, it didn't say retirement in three and a half years on the wall, you know? So we were like, all right, well, now it's time to start looking at what the next evolution in this, uh, in this business is. So Steve, um, Obviously, this mastermind was was powerful for the business you were in. It, it created some um, some pretty good growth. What are maybe three key takeaways that you got from this mastermind that you can still apply in your kind of new business um, today? Yeah, the biggest thing for us was you know, being humble enough to join a group where you weren't the smartest guy in the room 
and seeking those people out and finding the blueprint and then just replicating and implementing it. I mean, there's nothing new under the sun, right? So when you look at what people are doing in these businesses, there's people around that are doing it really well. So attaching yourself to those mentors has been life-changing for us. I mean, that group made us millionaires. You know, they, it grew our business exponentially and it taught us a ton of lessons in terms of how to grow a business and how to be a leader and how to be a manager and things like that. So first it was get around the right people, you know, and two is, you know, just iron sharpens iron, getting around those people that are thinking at a high level that are thinking positively. So the mindset aspect of a mastermind was really life-changing as well because you're in a room of people that are all looking to be the best versions of themselves and encourage you to be the best version of yourself as well and giving you those tools along the way. And it's amazing when you're sitting in a room, how just having lunch, talking about your business, and then somebody says something kind of off the cuff that's life-changing for you because they've implemented in their business. And now you can take that home and go, wow, that that's really impactful. I never thought about that. You know, so just, Really being around the right people and then those, I think, taking yourself outside of the business to kind of give yourself a 30,000 foot view and work on the business, not in it every 90 to 120 days. That's really impactful. Matter of fact, tomorrow, uh, what's today? Yeah, Friday of this week, we have uh, our quarterly meeting where our staff is coming in and we're just locking the doors, shutting off the phones, not responding to email. And we're going to work all day on what the quarterly projections are and what, how that breaks down into weekly goals and weekly rocks and how does that propel the business forward so that we're making sure that we're all moving in the right direction, moving together in the same direction and putting those goals on the wall and saying, this is our target, right? These are the most paramount things, everything else that's, that you're working on on a day-to-day basis that needs to get done falls below the line for these goals. So I want to recap that because that was some really powerful stuff. So those who are listening, look, take, take what Steve just said and implement that into your business because what he just said is really powerful. He's taking an entire day to really reflect on their business and to be able to push forward. And we oftentimes, and not oftentimes, almost all the time, all that we do is we continue to push forward. We continue to stay busy. We continue to try to think that we need to be doing and doing and doing. And we never really stop to reflect. We never really stop and pause to put our goals on the walls um, and to do those things that are going to actually truly create real growth in your business, real expansion, and take your business from just you're running that hamster wheel you're continuing to spin to you're going to take a big, massive leap uh, in growth. So I think that's really powerful. Rewind it and listen and do exactly what Steve just said that they're doing tomorrow. Yeah. We just got back from San Diego where we spent a couple of days with Jocko Willink and the Echelon Front Mm -hmm. team talking about leadership and what it looks like. And one of the most powerful things that I took away from what the Navy SEALs do is they come back and they debrief every single mission before they go take a shower, before they go and get changed out of their dirty clothes, they come back from a mission and they sit down and they go through, what did we do right? What did we do wrong? What will we do different next time? So that they're constantly getting better and growing and making sure that their eye is always on the right target. 
Uh, powerful right. stuff, man. Yeah, the same thing as business leaders. We need to do the same thing. Experience is a great teacher, but evaluated experience creates a lot more wisdom than that. So you have to sit back and look at where did we go wrong? How can we get better? And what should we do different next time? And we, we want to make sure that we're doing that at least once a quarter with our team. So that's going to lead me into my next question. And I like this question because it, it gives us the opportunity to reflect. And that's really important is what's something that you've done in your business, a, a big mistake that you've made and how have you learned from it? And that the second part is the important part that we were just talking about is the reflection. So mistake that you've made and how have you learned from it? So I think um, growing too fast, to be mm -hmm. honest. So when we were in the residential side of the business, we were just, you know, in fifth gear pinned the whole time. We were just trying to grow as fast. We got around these people in the mastermind and we were like, okay, everybody else is doing 150 deals. We can go do 150 deals. Yeah. So we scaled, but we could have probably scaled a little bit more responsibly. We took on some unsecured debt to do that. We are hiring new people that weren't proven out yet and throwing that unsecured debt towards marketing and mailers and just kind of making sure that we got enough deals done to break even, but not necessarily be profitable. So, I mean, you know, we scaled incredibly quickly and, you know, by the grace of God, we did fine, but that could have been catastrophic. I've seen people tank their businesses by not growing and scaling responsibly, especially when you're taking on unsecured debts. So as you continue to grow, it's really just making sure that you have a pulse on what your key performance indicators are, how are you doing on a week-to-week -week basis, and managing your people to those expectations, and making sure that you're all shooting towards the same goal. So we, we probably could have grown uh, more efficiently, more profitably, by not growing as fast. You know, I think a lot of people in that space specifically, they talk about number of transactions, and a big number of transactions might sound good, but if you're giving all your money back to the business at the end of the year, that's not helpful, right? So you have to focus on building the business that you want to build, not because somebody else has it, but because it's serving the lifestyle that you want to lead because of the business that you've created. So it's just building the business that you want, not what you're seeing other people do and making sure that you're scaling responsibly. Hey, let's take a minute to thank our sponsor, Pine Financial Group. Look, you work hard for your money. Is your money working hard for you? Because of inflation, money sitting idle erodes your wealth. Many investors understand that real estate is a great investment, but may not want the effort or the risk that comes with owning their own property. They want to sit back and have payments, hit their bank account each and every month. Stop eroding your wealth and start building by asking your money to work for you. You should be earning profits while you sleep in investment backed by real estate. Pine Financial Group, the leader in hard money lending in Colorado and Minnesota, was recently approved to offer their investment publicly. This investment offers only for investors in Colorado and Minnesota and is only made through the investment prospectus. Get your copy today. Simply visit www.pineinvestments.com and click to get started. There's a reason why some of the wealthiest people in history invest in loans backed by real estate. Learn more about the risks and returns at www.pineinvestments.com. It's www.pineinvestments.com.
you know, stop listening to the, some of the noise that's out there and going on to Facebook or whatever, even a part of these mastermind groups and you hear people doing 150 flips or you hear somebody that just bought a thousand units and you got to compare yourself to them. You got to do the same thing. Well, it's not really always about that. I, I hear people all the time. They're talking, well, they've got a thousand units, but when you really dig into it, maybe they have, you know, 2% of a thousand units or those right. thousand units might not be making any money. And so don't always compare yourself to others. You've got to really focus on what's important to you and your business. And you doing 150 flips, it probably would have been more profitable if you would have done 50 flips, um, especially right. the first year or two uh, as you scaled and actually got the right people and processes in place to be able to make hard, higher margins on it. Yeah, there's no doubt. I mean, now that we have, we've scaled back our team pretty significantly as we focus on uh, commercial full time, but we're still doing a wholesale deal or a flip uh, about a week, one a deal a week. So yeah, we're still on track to do 40 or 50 deals this year. And it will be with significantly more profit because the systems and the processes that we've implemented have taken the place of the overhead that we needed for people. And we're running a lot more efficiently, a lot more lean and a lot more profitable. Yeah. I love it. I love it. Um, where's, where's the business going? We know you're kind of transitioning to this commercial kind of take us through where, where you want to go here and, and how are you going to accomplish that? Yeah. So we, you know, we're, we want to get to a place where we have financial freedom for everybody on the team, right? So whatever that looks like back out the numbers and say, this is the number of doors and percent ownership that we need to have to create enough passive income for everybody on the team to where we all have financial freedom. Um, paramount to that is really kind of what the why behind the business. I mean, so when you start to get into earning tax-free income and the number of doors that you can, can do, uh, it doesn't take very long. I mean, we'll likely replace the income that we've created over the last 10 years flipping houses in 12 months of the commercial real estate space, which is astounding to me. Um, part of that is because we're gaining 40% of the income back that we were paying to uncle Sam. So now we can actually make 40% less and still live the same lifestyle because we're keeping all of it. Yeah. So that was a big um, mental shift for us is saying we can make less and still make more, right? It just didn't compute at first. So we'll replace our income, you know, about 12 months uh, in this space. And then it's, how do we serve the communities that we want to serve? So, you know, right now what we're doing, which is, I was just recording a, uh, a little video segment before we jumped on this podcast, basically speaking directly to nonprofits that we're partnering with. And every deal that we do, we're putting a nonprofit basically right into the operating agreement as a equity owner out of our share of equity, it doesn't affect the, uh, the investors that invest with us, but out of our share of equity, we're giving a percentage back to these nonprofits in every single deal. And then mm. they'll get quarterly checks, just like our investors will. They'll get the exit upside, just like our investors will. And we're starting to take some of that active uh, financial, these guys are constantly fundraising, right? So they have to leave the mission that they're really on to come home and fundraise for the mission and we're trying to figure out a way to, to give them some of their time back. And we have the capability in these large deals to bake them right into the transaction 
so that we're giving back in every deal that we do before, you know, what we were really thinking about is how do I give back more now before I become a multi multi-millionaire, right? Before it all comes to my family and then I get to give a little away. How do we get to grow in the grace of giving as we do that now? And, you know, we, we just, we found the way to do it deal by deal. So we'll do six deals this year and every deal that's supporting a different nonprofit with an amazing cause. That's really cool. I like that. And I love the, I love the tax savings and I'm not going to give the listeners my numbers, but, um, you know, we file an extension every year and just reviewing all that, uh, right now. And it puts a smile on my face when I can look at how much I'm not paying in taxes versus just not very long ago when I was doing a lot of flips, how much I was paying in taxes. Um, so it's definitely a, a nice change when you're looking at that, that whole tax situation and you're going, well, yeah, I mean, do, doing flips, you can make, you know, two, three, four hundred thousand, whatever it is, but you got to pay 50% of that in taxes. Yeah. <laughs> so, my CPA, I was like, are you sure? Because this is what I paid last year. They're like, yeah, yeah, no, we're sure. Yeah. Like, okay. <laughs> That's your bill. <laughs> okay. Uh, so cool. Cool. Um, so what's a favorite, uh, what's a favorite business book that, uh, business or real estate book, uh, that you can pass on to listeners? I mean, extreme ownership has got to be at the top of the list with Jocko. Um, you know, we were just, it's just top of mind. We were just with those guys in San Diego, but it really is one of the best all around books, business, personal life, just kind of discipline equals freedom. That whole idea of, um, of owning everything and everything's your fault is just a great cultural shift into our business as well. All of our people will adopt that. We adopt that. And if everybody's wrong, if everybody's at fault all the time, then nobody loses. Right. That's been amazing to watch. Cool. Cool. Uh, definitely like that book a lot. I, I agree with that. Great book. Um, last question. What are your three pillars of wealth creation? So we actually have a, uh, a series on this if you go to our website, but it's uh, first you have to deal with the debt. I think our country has, um, has done a phenomenal job of becoming one of the most indebted in the world. So first pillar of wealth creation would be debt reduction, right? You have to get rid of your debts and I'm not and bad debts, right? Good debt. You and I both know that we have multi multiple millions of dollars in good debt attached to our multifamily buildings. That's a different story, right? I mean, bad debt, debt that's detrimental debt that costs you 22% a year. You know, you have to get rid of the debt, um, use debt strategically. So debt reduction, and then your earned income, your earned income, is I don't think anybody jumps from debt reduction to passive wealth creation. You have to create some earned income in there. How you do that, whether it's through a W-2 job or flipping houses or whatever the case may be, entrepreneur, small business owner, doctor, dentist, lawyer, doesn't matter, right? You have to earn income and then you have to translate that earned income into passive income. So the third pillar is always where we are looking to land, which is passive wealth creation, multiple streams of income from passive entities. If you can add in doing that tax-free better. Um, But Warren Buffett said, if you don't figure out a way to make money while you sleep, you will work until you die. Yeah. 
And that's 100% correct. You have to figure out a way to put soldiers on the field so that your money's making money and that you don't have to wake up every morning and go, oh, I got to go to work. Right. Otherwise, it will work forever. Yep. Yep. No, I love them. I love them. So, yeah, de deal with that, reduce that. Earned income. Obviously, you got to pay the bills. Uh, you know, you've got to be able to live. Uh, and then that passive income, which is going to sustain through the rest of your life. Because I don't know about you, but I don't want to retire and have to live in this little tiny house and never travel. And, you know, I want to be all over the world and spending time with my family and not worrying about the pennies that I'm spending. When I you have the opportunity to we in the United States, we have a unique opportunity. And I've said this uh, to other people as well. And sometimes I'll take some heat for it. But if you're in the United States, and you don't retire a multimillionaire, it is your fault. And it's because mm -hmm. you don't have the financial education to get to a place where you're earning good returns in less volatile market cycles in less yep. volatile asset classes. And over time, if you don't create enough money to just live off of the interest, then you have not been educated or self-educated. And it took me to self-educate myself to get there. But absolutely, if you can find vehicles that will um, put money in your retirement account, whether it be a Roth or a 401k, and you can invest it into deals like yours, where you are creating that passive income over the next 20 to 25 years, you will retire a millionaire. Period. So the opportunities are endless. They're out there. You just have to educate yourself on them. You have to be willing to take the risk, right? We're doing a podcast about the devil, you know, talking about investing in Wall Street because people know that Wall Street is super volatile, but they'll still go and invest there because they don't yeah. know what else to do. And, yeah. you know, there's ways to get around that volatility and to stay into more safe, consistent, stabilized returns long term that will create that retirement that you and I want, where we're spending time with family, we're traveling, we're not worried about the size of the house. It's amazing. You go into some Facebook groups, there's retirement groups on Facebook and all these people are talking about like, do I take my social security at this age or this age? And I don't want to have to worry about the $1,100 a month coming in and when yeah. to take it. And you know, a lot of people are working themselves towards that. So hopefully some, some financial education, some self-education will get people out of that rut, stop that cycle of poverty and get them into that abundance place where they rock, retire well and uh, earlier. Yeah, they can have my social security check. Keep it. <laughs> Keep it. Uh, great stuff. Great stuff. A lot of, a lot, and very important. It's, it's, a, it's crazy to think how powerful that Wall Street uh, marketing tool is it's brilliant they, they're the biggest lobby in in politics yeah they do a great job they get people to believe in what you said they put a volatile product and they get people to believe in it and they, they do a great job so and part of what, why we invest in these multifamily spaces is you know my dad lost 40 percent of his wealth before he passed away six years wow. ago in in the stock market turn and didn't get a chance to write it back up so that's why we have the free from wall street podcast. That's why we're talking about these things about, Hey, you have other options, go learn about them, educate yourselves and don't be pitched by the wall street lobby. Yeah. And my, I mean, my dad's a great example. My dad timed it perfectly uh, by accident, but timed it perfectly and was able to get out just in time for the market not to completely crush him. And he was mentioning that the other day, like if, if he would have waited just a, another like year, 
he would have had to work another five to seven years just to, you know, actually be able to retire. Yeah. Unbelievable. So <laughs> good stuff. Good stuff. We can keep going forever on it. Yeah. Um, all right. Well, let's, let's do a wrap here. Give our listeners, uh, how can they reach out to you? How can they get more information about what you're doing and connect with you? Yeah. So you can go to free from wall street.com, the uh, website for our portfolio and where investors can learn more about what we're investing is, is integrity hg.com. The name of the company is integrity holdings group. Search us out. We're on Facebook. Spotify, podcast, iTunes, all that good stuff. So we're out awesome. there. Awesome. Awesome. Good stuff, Steve. Appreciate you joining us and you have a fantastic rest of the day. Thanks, Todd. You too, man. Hey, thanks for listening to the show. A couple things before we go. Again, go on to our Facebook page, Pillars of Wealth. We'd love to have you on there. Go on to iTunes, give us a rating and review and subscribe to the show. Also, um, you know, don't forget, reach out to me if you want any help with uh, potentially growing your business and reach out to John Styles to help you buy or sell real estate. Thanks for listening. We appreciate it. Have a fantastic the rest of the day. And as I say, make every day a Saturday. <laughs>